Uh, welcome to the Three Thirds Mike, One Third Scouts podcast. So we're here for episode four, I think this is. Um, and uh, I'm joined as ever by Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How are we doing, fellas? Very well. Time flies when you're in quarantine, isn't it? It's hard to keep up on top of these episodes. Well, <laughs> it doesn't, it? I labelled I mean, up, labeled up the one on Friday as a bonus episode. I mean, you've got uh, you've got small children, haven't you, Cheesy? Who are presumably going to be learning their numbers sometime soon. And, yeah, uh, you're in you're you're in sole charge of their education at the minute, aren't you? I am indeed. Uh, time, time, yeah. time, and time and editing skills will be uh, very much on the key stage one curriculum by the end of the. the next- <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be, but it'll be a real indictment if uh, Sergio Aguero's taught to count to 10 in Spanish before you have in English won't it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how is how, how is lockdown with, with two small children it's, do you know it's, it's actually not been it's not, not been that bad this week I think there's um, been a bit of a realisation that obviously it was the Easter half term so Grayson's kind of picked in done a bit of picking and choosing of what education he kind of wants and done quite a lot of work on the tablet and all that kind of stuff. So he's been a bit more chilled this week. And um, I think me and Ashley are both energised a little bit by a bit more structure to what the schools are kind of getting them to do rather than me and Ashley having to come up with loads of different stuff to keep him occupied. So, um, yeah, the last week's not been, not, not been too bad. And the weather's obviously helping because it means we can get out a bit more. So uh, long oh, may the, the weather way- continue. The weather's been glorious. Have. have you got a what? What's your obviously Simon living in a flat? What's your outside space situation? So I'm, I'm quite fortunate. So my flat sort of backs onto Curzel Moor, and then you can sort of get into Drinkwater Park. So I am quite lucky actually. So I can sort of get, you know, I can sort of be in the middle of nowhere quite easily to go for a walk. And um, pretty much every day, me and Blinda at some point message each other saying, "Thank God we don't live in London anymore." So. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm sort of quite. I don't live in a very densely populated area, so I'd also I live quite close to Heaton Park, so it's, it's not that hard for me to get to the middle of nowhere. And I, I cycle when I have to go into work. I cycle, so yeah, it's not too bad actually. I think uh, I'm, I'm very conscious that a lot of people are going tougher than me. Although on Friday my internet went down. Oh, no. The moment of lockdown is is quite a distressing moment. And I had work. I was supposed to be working from home, but I, I had to go in. Um, But, yeah, but luckily, uh, the good people at Royal Mail sorted out. Royal Mail? Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll get We're not getting sponsored. Can you get, them. The, oh, can you get internet through Royal Mail? Has been, uh, post, post office. Post office. It's been second to none. They've really smashed it. As you know, Ross, I am a former shareholder in Royal. <laughs> <laughs> you read a killing, I, didn't you? Yeah, uh, but I don't get a discount as a former shareholder, which is a shame. But um, yes, yeah, we, we used to be on Plusnet, but now, yeah, um, this post office in there has been mint. Well, there we go. I mean, there's, some more, there's some more consumer advice this week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we moved from sports just doing watchdog, haven't we? Well, I mean, you were you were trying to flog us some barrels of oil, weren't you, Cheesy? Well, it's, it's uh, well, it's, it's very much strange times where people that actually make oil are actually paying people to take it off their hands. It's probably one of the most richest commodities in the world. Yeah, I wonder what new oil producers in such a bad state. They have to try and buy Newcastle United. To spend. <laughs> <laughs> I 
anybody. Yeah, that's where they're storing it all in St James's Park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just put him in the Sports Direct mugs. That was part of the deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah strange times. I've got some other good news. Oh, yeah. Uh, Blinder's taken to making um, pancakes for breakfast. Oh, uh, English or, well, crepe style or American. Well, just, uh, yeah, just little ones. And uh, we have this, like, salty caramel spread that we put on him. Chocolate. No, it's like no, it's just salty caramel. It's just like um yeah, it's like a golden caramel colour. It's a real triumph, I'll be honest. It's a great way to start the day. Sounds I don't have breakfast. I don't know. I just I've never I've never really had it. Do you not steal a bit of toast when you get to school? Yeah, but that's what what time's that? That's like ten o'clock. No, no, no. No, if I do breakfast come in the morning, I might I might have a bit of toast, but other than that, I'm not. I won't eat till dinner time. I don't know how you cope. I just got I'm used not... to I think it's from I think it's from being at uni, like at uni, it's just like you condition yourself to eat one meal a day because that's all you can afford. So just got used to I mean having two is a luxury now. It's <laughs> Yeah, but to be honest with you, Ross, you're considerably older than me. And it's quite a long time since I went to uni. <laughs> 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 from the, broken the univer- the student habits yet? <laughs> Some habits just <laughs> they die hard, don't they? No, I've just I've just never I've never needed it. I've never felt like I, I need a pick me up in the morning. So I, I don't really come eat breakfast. Uh, until I was in a relationship. Basically, if someone makes me breakfast, I'll eat it. Yeah, but then occasionally I'll really treat myself to like a bacon and sausage sandwich or something. Like I'll go all out and have a big, a nice breakfast. But nine times out of ten, I won't have it. It's one of the joys of staying in a hotel, isn't it? Like when the breakfast is included. Yeah, I'll have it then because then then I've paid for it. Yeah. One of the great moments when 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 they say to you, what do you want? And you say, yeah, all of it. I, w- I, want, I want the full... <laughs> <laughs> buffet, buffet? Oh, if it's a buffet, you get, you're absolutely destroying a breakfast buffet. The amount you can eat in a breakfast buffet. Yeah, but then the worst thing is, is when you think, you've, you, when it says breakfast included, then you go down and it's just like a continental breakfast. Oh, yeah, that's an outrage, yeah. Yeah, you, don't, you just get croissants. You don't want a croissant. You want a nice sausage and a bit of bacon, don't you? Start, I'll take a croissant, yeah. And then I want a full English... That's the other thing. At, at hotels, you do you end up going, I'll have some cereal, then I'll have some fruit with yogurt, then I'll have my fry up, and then I'll see what else I can have. Like, who eats that much normally in a, in a morning? And I'll take a time to read the journey, yeah. Yeah, absolutely ridiculous. I don't know why people think that's acceptable to get in a hotel, though. Isn't why do you suddenly go, right, I'll just normally I have... Yeah, normally I have one piece of toast, but now I'll have three pieces of toast and as much as I can eat. It's ridiculous. No. But yeah, the idea of staying in a hotel just seems so far away, doesn't it? Imagine. Do you know how many bedrooms has your flat got, Simon? Two. You're just going to sleep well, in the second one just for a bit of. <laughs> well, that's the to be to an office, I guess. Oh. Uh, yeah. 
Well, we actually yeah. switched bedrooms. So basically, one bedroom gets incredibly warm and one is incredibly cold. So um, we, when we moved in, it was like September time. And the, the, the bigger bedroom, which is cold, that was like our bedroom. And then uh, over, the, over the cold, when winter really gripped, we moved into the super hot, smaller room. And uh, we haven't switched back to the, the, the cool room yet. But, um, the summer, the summer bedroom. So yeah, so we're basically, yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm a billionaire. So yeah, basically, I've got a summer bedroom, winter bedroom. That's how when I my life is. <laughs> when I used to live in a flat, the best thing I because I used to live on like the second or third floor. I, I used to love the fact that you never had to turn your heating on because you got everyone else's from down below yeah. just filtering that's through. Yes, yeah, so we're on the top floor. Yes, yeah, so yeah, that is a bonus. You save a fortune in gas. Yeah, right. Anyway, consumer advice again. If you're going to yeah. get a flat, <laughs> Live on get the... it high up. High <laughs> <laughs> free, free central heating. There you go. Right, so what are we talking about, Cheezer? Um, so this week we're going to cover um, what's happening at Newcastle. That seems to be the big football story of uh, of the week. So we'll we'll talk about what is going to what is going on at Newcastle um, when. Um, if the takeover is going to happen, when it's going to happen. Um, then we're going to have um, a bit of a quiz. Uh, well, not so much a quiz, more of a World Cup of crisps. Bit of a, a bit of a game show for you. Um, and then we'll finish with the rest of the sporting world and we'll lead with uh, the darts, which I think has been the, the biggest non-football sporting story of, uh, of the last few days. So we will cover that off uh, at, the, at the end of the podcast. And that's that's the plan for that's the plan for today. And fingers crossed, we won't still be recording at eleven o'clock and have enough have enough material for the next four podcasts. Can I uh, yeah. point out at this stage? I um, so basically, I was on another group chat uh, before this, so I'm three cans in. All right. Oh no, I'm only one brewing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I don't know how it'll play out over the next uh, twenty minutes or so. Well, I. Uh, I'll say at dinner time, I when I was at school, I was I was thinking I sh- it, the sun was shining. I looked out the window and thought I should be sat in my garden here. So I text Claire and said to her, mm-hmm. "Put some beers in the fridge, please." So when I got home at four o'clock, that's when I started drinking. So I paced it a little bit. <laughs> so I had three. I, I had I had three bottles of Budweiser over that time. So I think that's quite safe. But then I've gone back so to the Camden didn't, Hills. Didn't go, on, didn't go on to the spirits until you had your tea. Was... Oh, you say that when we just quick when we were in Easter holidays and we were, like it was all sunny. We I, I could sort of the garden out so it was all nice, and then I set up like a nice little area for me to sit during the day, so I could see the kids playing, <laughs> and I couldn't didn't really need to be disturbed. I thought, oh, a lovely drink now would be great. And then I looked, I only had like, and this was about one o'clock, I only had about four or five bottles of beer. And I thought, oh, that is not going to last me for the whole <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> then, so I started looking around through the cupboards, seeing what was left over from previous parties. Luckily, found two bottles of white wine and some Disarono, and I had some Coke in. So I started on the Disarono and Coke. <laughs> At one o'clock, moved on to the white wine and then finished off with a beer. <laughs> you are living the dream. <laughs> I thought, well, you, I'd, I'd never normally do that. Lockdown. I, is... Did you sit there on a sunny, sunny Tuesday afternoon and think, my life will never get better than this? 
Yeah, no, I, I, you know, you know what it made me think. It's like, I thought if we get the paddling pool out, it's like I'm on holiday, all inclusive, because that's the kind of weird stuff I'd be drinking. <laughs> I just, need, I just need to get a ham and cheese toastie, and then I'll be at work. Campaigning for lockdown forever. Oh, keep it going, Boris. We're all fine here. <laughs> Don't you worry. <laughs> and so the last time I went to your house was before Christmas, admittedly. But I remember being yeah. struck by the amount of fancy special brew beers you had on the top of your fridge. You uh, yeah, yeah they're still there. But the problem is I've had, like, I've just not touched them. So they're, they're quite, they're out of date. Oh, right. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, look like, well, luckily I had the wine and the, Disarono in that was in date because oh god knows what drinking out of date beer would have ended up like. I thought, I, honestly, I thought you were going to say, luckily, Chris's uh, Claire's dad doesn't care about sell by date, so just give it to me. Oh no, 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 no! I need to throw that stuff out. Actually, you've re- that's a job for tomorrow. Now you've reminded me. Thanks. <laughs> I thought it would. Just, I thought it would just add to the brewing taste. Just fermented it a little bit more. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah, there's some bright weird stuff up there, like milk chocolate stouts or something. Oh, I don't know. I'm not going to drink any of that. Maybe that's not one to uh, go past its sell by day, actually. No, yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants lumpy beer. No. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it turns back into chocolate. We'll just dry it out. Surely yeah. it's going to be eventually, there you go. Okay. Right, we'll be back with uh, Newcastle and the change in ownership. Welcome back to the three-thirds, Mike, one-third Scouts podcast, where we are going to talk about uh, the imminent takeover uh, of Newcastle United Football Club by uh, the Saudi Arabian royal family. Is that is that right, Simon? Yeah, I think they're basically eighty percent of the money. I think is coming ultimately from uh, from them. Yeah, through their investment. Uh, arm and then the, the other twenty percent is owned by uh, a, a, like some local people and this Amanda Stavely uh, character who's from Yorkshire but lives in uh, Saudi Arabia. I think. Yeah, well, I think the other ten percent, but it said it's from the Rubin brothers. And when I looked the other day, I think they're the third richest um, people in Britain. Yeah, rich people, and they um, they started out. I think pretty sure they owned like a scrap metal firm, and from that they've built to um, unimaginable wealth. Absolutely. So is this going to be good for Newcastle? Or is that a daft question? Uh, I think you've got to be careful what you wish for. Uh, in terms of how much money they'll invest in the team, I really don't think they'll put... I don't think it'll be one of those Manchester City situations. You know, If they were really intent on just you know pouring loads of money in, then surely they wouldn't have spent the last three years... Uh, you know, negotiating on the price. I don't get the impression that they're that key to, you know, to go crazy on spending money. And the other thing you've got to bear in mind is I'm pretty sure Sheffield United are also owned by someone from Saudi Arabia. And I've got this horrible feeling, you know, that the the people in Saudi Arabia have, have thought, ah, well, they've seen what's happened at Sheffield United what happens? You have a well-run club. You put not that much money in with a really good manager, and you can get these incredible rewards in the Premier League. And they think, yeah, we'll do that again. 
and are about to find out that actually you can't do that <laughs> very much. <laughs> about once every 15 years, something like Sheffield United happens. And even then, it'll probably only last for a couple of years and then the team will get broken up. And it'll yeah. be a very expensive investment for them. But yeah, I, I don't think they'll put a lot of money in. Well, I, well, of- I, think, I think one of the problems is whether they want to put money in or not, they, I, I think they'll struggle to because... I mean, if you've seen like Vidal's been linked, and then by like I read something that uh, Mbappe could be available this summer in Newcastle. Are going to be anything like they've been linked to all kinds of stupid players, but like everyone, every every team in the Premier League that know that's had like investors and owner, like rich owners come in. If you're not in the centre of London, you're you struggle to attract. So I mean, Newcastle's not even as cosmopolitan as Manchester, so. It's going to be a yeah. massive struggle for him to even attract players to come to Newcastle. Like it's not a, it's not a glamorous club. It's not a glamorous city. Unless, unless you want to be going round and seeing people on stag dues at two o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, I don't know why you'd go to Newcastle <laughs> other than that. So it's it's going to be a really tough sell for for a lot of players to actually go there. And, and the also, squad at the yeah, minute, and also, if they know that you've got a rich owner that's just come in that wants to spend the money, you're paying a premium, aren't you? Yeah, and it's it's not it's not like. It's not like they've got the makings of a good squad to begin with. They haven't got, they've not got that many, they've not got the players that you go, oh, well, he's going to be something for, you know what I mean? There's no real like future stars that you're going to go, Are oh, you well, saying they're really you building something you're already. Building a, you're not building a future Champions League winning squad around the Longstaff brothers. No, that's, that's not, that's never been mentioned, has it? It's just, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, if you're a Newcastle fan, you must be excited because you, you're getting rid of Ashley, which you've wanted to do for a long time. And then, You've got someone who appears to have a lot of money, but I think expect like reality and expectations are going to be very far apart. I think. Well, I think you've got to be careful what you wish for as well. You know, you know, you got to bear in mind when I can't remember it was. Uh, it's called Fred Hall or Shepherd or something who owned Newcastle before. And he was Freddie Shepherd. Freddie, they always used to complain about him not putting his hand in his pocket, and there was this great relief when Ashley first took over. Which, I mean, that that honeymoon period lasted about six months before they all started hating him. But, you know, you're not, they're now assuming that the, these new people are going to be the, the messiahs. They're not, you, you know, there are a lot of moral questions to be asked as well about, you know, do you want to be associated with the Saudi Arabian royal family? They've not got particularly liberal views on, <laughs> on the gay community or on women's rights, for example. I mean, if you, you know, your owners don't believe women should be allowed to drive cars, then I think you're an issue, don't you? Yeah, yeah it, I mean, nice guy. Always. We had this conversation. Remember when it when um, Anthony Joshua fought over there earlier in the year? And I think I think I think one of the points you made, Simon, is a lot of people will just forget about this. And it, not, I mean, not that, that in any which way they should do, but that the boxing happened in, in Saudi Arabia, and a lot of there was a lot of talk before that about um, was it right, was it the right thing to do? Um, and then all of a sudden it's happened, everybody else has gone away, and then nobody else, has, that's just one of the things, nobody else has really spoken about it. So I think once it's all over and done with, is it going to be one of these things that will just continue to rumble on, or if they run the club in a way that's better than what Mike Ashley does, will it be something that the that Newcastle fans will tolerate because they're, they've got the love back for the football club again? Oh, I yeah, think I think they'll tolerate it, yeah. Yeah, I think I think if someone comes in, no matter regardless who they are, if they come in and put money in, and then your your team starts doing well, everything's kind of forgiven a little bit, isn't it? Because your team's you you kind of like it's it's more ammunition for uh, rival clubs and 
other football fans to say something, say something about Newcastle and their success. Whereas if you're if Newcastle United come in and they spend billions and then they suddenly win the league, as a Newcastle United fan, you're really not going to care, are you? No, you're not going to say. Oh, what infuriates me about football fans is that football fans are, there, there is a certain section of football fans that can't like disassociate themselves from the club and like they feel like they just have to be cheerleaders for their club. I, like, I feel you can be a Manchester United fan and be critical of the Blazers. And you can be a Manchester City... Like, a lot of Manchester City fans, I feel, really defend their owners. You're like It doesn't make you less of a Manchester City fan if you have an issue with the Abu Dhabi royal family and human rights. And, you know, you, it doesn't make you less of a Newcastle fan if you have an issue with human rights in Saudi Arabia and, and the, the, lack, the lack of human rights. But... Sometimes I think there's just this section of fans who just feel like they have to defend everything about their club. And I think Newcastle fans will, in the main, not complain. And they'll, if, um, if they're buying expensive strikers, I don't think they'll care about, about any of the, where the money's coming from. It makes me a little bit upset as well because I hope that it doesn't go that way with Newcastle. So I, always really, I always quite like Newcastle as a, as a, as a team and as a, as a club and as a... Like an institution, I was, and I thought if it go if it goes a different way, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't really know about. I might have to, I might end up becoming a Sunderland supporter. <laughs> Another boost for the next documentary. Yeah. Uh, and then, so obviously, there's lots of talk around. Obviously, it, oh, it looks like it is going to happen this takeover. So, what is going to happen to the Newcastle team? And I suppose the first question is, what's going to happen to the manager? It looks like he's got, like you said, Ross, till the end of the season, whenever that will be. Well, apparently they've said that they've promised him to the end of the season, haven't they? Which is, I mean, that's basically that's what every every new owner comes in and says to someone that we're going to get rid of you, isn't it? It's not a, a steep. If if a billionaire like they've got this much money, they're going to they're proposing to get Mbappe, like Mbappe and Vidal, in. they're not going to say, "Come on, Mbappe, come and work for Steve Bruce." He's he's the man who's he's the man who knows what he's doing. It's just not going to work. So they're going to come in. I mean, I've heard this, they're going to have some. If if they talk, if they're going to put the money in and do what they say, and like what you imagine, if you've got that much money, then you've got to put some money in, and you want to build something. And you to to make Newcastle an attractive prospect, you've got to get rid of the manager. You've got to change the stadium name. You've got to bring in some name. You've got you've got to do something. Steve Bruce just isn't going to attract. You, you, like we said, Newcastle's not a city that's going to attract European players to England if it's outside London. So they've got to do something. So they're going to get rid of the manager quite quickly. And like I say, it's easy to keep Steve Bruce at the end of the season because it's, there's no transfer windows now, is there? Until the season finishes. So you just keep him doing what he's doing and then bump, get rid of him, put someone else in, done. I mean, I feel a bit sorry for Steve Bruce because it's only the other podcast when we say, I mentioned him about how good a job he's been doing. And then for no fault of his own, some multi-billionaire owners have come in and they're probably going to get rid of him and he's done a good job. I agree. I don't think Steve Bruce is long for the Newcastle job. I think they'll 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 want a glamorous new uh, manager in quite soon. And I, I actually think there's a lot of... Uh, it's very... You know, you look back at when Ashley took over, I think Sam Allardyce was in charge and doing a pragmatic good job. And a new owner just doesn't want... You know, it's just an easy win... Bruce, I don't think he's ever really won round the Newcastle fans, even though he's actually doing better than Rafa Benitez has done. 
Um, and there's a lot of talk that this Amanda Staveley gets on quite well with uh, Rafa Benitez. I mean, maybe it'll be a triumphant return for, for Rafa, but we'll, we'll wait and see. What do you think, uh, Cheesy? I think it'd be very odd for him to go back. Um, I, I, I know that I, I was reading a lot of that today about um, Benitez going back and Benitez being picked. Um, I mean, it would be a very popular choice. Like you said, it's sometimes it's one of the decisions that you kind of make as a... How... how how serious would they be to make the decision to get the, to get the, the fans on side? But then for Rafa, if it doesn't, all this money and the expectation grows. I mean, they were just happy for a more more from more often than not, they were happy just to score a goal at St James's Park. Never mind, get three <laughs> points. So all of a sudden, go well. Actually, Rafa's got two hundred million to spend. Actually, well, tenth place isn't good enough. We want to be getting into Europe. And as soon as you win a couple of games. And as soon as you get close, to, as soon as you get quite close to the top, as soon as that all falls apart, that's when you that's when your reputation goes. And I'm not sure if he's going to want to go back to Newcastle. Um, but he always wanted money to spend at Newcastle, so we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, the other one that was was talked about today, and I think would be an amazing coup for um, Newcastle, would be Pochettino. But I'd, would Pochettino want to go manage Newcastle? I suppose if they paid him more than what he was on at Spurs, then potentially money talks. And Pochettino has a track record of building a team as well, doesn't he? I mean, Pochettino, if you could get Pochettino, and again, I get, I think it all basically depends on whether or not he'd want the job. I think he would be the perfect manager for, for a club that wanted to sort of break, you know, go forward and break into the, to the top echelon. Max Allegri's been linked as well, hasn't he? But I mean, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to basically wait and see how serious these owners are. And then obviously players, there's a lot of players that have been spoken about today. I've, I've read Jack, Jack Grealish, obviously I spoke to you about Vidal. Before this, even this takeover had kind of taken off, I, I was hearing Artura, Artura Vidal wanted to join Newcastle. I was like, eh, where's this, where's this come from? And then uh, I think Alfredo Morelos has been, I was like, there's a, there's a lot of players that, um, that Newcastle are going to be linked with over the next few weeks. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot of agents putting a phone call in. Yeah, yeah I, I think uh, you've just, I mean, it half reminds me of kind of like, um, well, you're either going to know very early on which way it's going to go. Like the appointment of the new manager is going to say quickly, quite quickly what kind of owners there are because it, it, it could be in very real danger of being like a QPR where they just sign a load oh, of mid, like mercenaries who are just coming for the money. Harry Redknapp's coming inside a bunch of 35-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, Simon, how's that, how's that working out for you on Championship Manager? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I'm just about to start my season. I've got, I've signed a tour of Vidal actually, so you know, made him captain as well. So, I, I just think, like, I just think, thinking for like, if say they go for this glamorous manager, like if they got Pochettino, to me that would be a signal of intent that they like, like you said, Simon, Pochettino has got a track record of working very well with players and building teams and squads, hasn't it? So to me, if they got someone like Pochettino in, that would say, I would say Newcastle would, would then be able to build and become a threat. But if they got just, I don't know, like, so I don't, I, I don't even know. But you know, a manager that you just think, oh, you you you're at the back end of your career, and it's just a name well, now. It's, it, it, Sven, Sven always turns up in these yeah, situations. Yeah, just, then you start to worry and sort of like as if. That would be like alarm bell ringing if I was a Newcastle fan. But it, 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 I think that's that's going to be the first signal of intent. Ross, the manager and then you... um, Ross, what do you think Mike Ashley's legacy is? Um, what do I think? I, I mean, 
Uh, to be honest, like, I, like, obviously I'm not a Newcastle fan, but I think Newcastle fans are slightly blinkered in the fact that they think they're a huge club that should be winning things, when in reality, when was the last time they won something, really? Not that well, long. Like, quite a long Yeah, quite a long time ago. And actually, like, I'm not going to say he's the greatest owner, I'm not going to say he's the worst, but I think he came in and ran it like a business. But then at the same time, if you would have come in and, like, absolutely drained it and ran it into the ground and got it into, like, piles and piles of debt, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's been as bad as everyone makes out. But How about you, Cheesy? I think he's. I think he's really. I think he's changed the club for the for the worst. I think. I think it's some of the things that he does. He doesn't like, like the big thing today was he doesn't go to a lot. He doesn't go to an awful lot of matches for obvious for obvious reasons because he's just not welcome at St James's Park. The fact that every single bit of St James's Park is has got Sports Direct advertising on it. I mean, that is it literally. You walk into there, and you might as well be walking into one of their shops. I don't think that goes down very well with the fans. I mean, the thing this week where. Um, mo- I think nearly every single club has suspended their season ticket renewal for next year. Not Newcastle. New- Newcastle took £620 out of every season ticket holder's account this week um, as an auto-renewal for the next season's um, season ticket when actually nobody even knows when the season's going to start yet. So just little things like that that will probably just annoy the Newcastle fans. Again, um, it's, I just don't think he... he I, I don't... You can, I think you can do your best and you can try and you can champion and it looks like you can enjoy what you do. And it doesn't come across to me that Mike Ashley enjoys owning Newcastle and wants to do the best for Newcastle. And that, that, he, he doesn't have to do that. He didn't sign a contract to say that he has to do the best for Newcastle. He has to do the best for Mike Ashley. But I think it would have made his job an awful lot easier. He would have got the fans on side. Um, and that's not by spending hundreds and hundreds of millions of pounds, but there's just decisions he's done, things he's done where he's clearly has got Mike Ashley's interest at heart and not Newcastle's. And when when your club's being run by somebody who looks like he doesn't care, then it just becomes really difficult for you to kind of really support your football club, I suppose, or forget about everything that's happened. I often think with Mike Ashley, actually, and you sort of touched upon it both, in terms of how he runs his businesses outside of Newcastle and the way he ran Newcastle United, a sort of a key part of Mike Ashley's success is he basically had no shame. You know, he, he does he clearly doesn't care what people think of him, and so therefore he he will sort of do whatever is profit driven. You know, and if that means he can, if he's entitled to take this money out for next season's season tickets, he will do. He doesn't care what people think. He didn't care about his reputation. I think that's probably what's made him a billionaire, and that's the sort of that's the sort of attitude and approach you need to to make that kind of money. I think his time at the club will be remembered for underinvestment. I think you talk about Ross, you know, you talk about him not draining the club, but I would say I I always think I remember listening to this interview that Sky Sports News did with Mike Ashley, and they made out like it was a big coup, and it, it was a real soft interview. It was pathetic, and one of the things Ashley was saying was, oh. Newcastle fans are angry at me because I don't, and you know, we don't spend money like Manchester City do. And I, I always felt that was wrong. I don't think Newcastle fans are angry that Manchester City are outspending them. I think Newcastle fans are angry because teams like Huddersfield and Brighton have come into the Premier League and spent more money than them. And it's not that he hasn't drained the club; it's that he has. He is actually taking. He's making a profit out of Newcastle. He hasn't. You know, Newcastle are a big club you should be able to run them as a mid-table Premier League team. But he's taken money out and he hasn't really invested the money 
to keep, you know, in, in top quality players that he should have done. He's, you know, he's, he's sold players and underinvested in, in youngsters. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I do think like he probably could have spent a few more million than he actually has done. But then at the same time, he did go out and get Rafa Benitez as a manager. I mean, that, that's, that's a bit of a coup for someone like Newcastle to get Rafa Benitez as a manager. And then I know Rafa left because of saying they, they weren't going to get the investment that he wanted. But I mean, I, I, you can argue it either way, to be honest. I think, I think you can argue it and say he's, he's, under, he's underinvested. I think you can argue it and say he's run it knowing what Newcastle are and keeping them, keeping them in the heads above the water so they can actually be sustainable. And I think you could quite easily look at Sunderland, the way they went about things, now they over-invested and were underfunded, and look where that's got them. So, yeah, he's not been the greatest, but I wouldn't say by any stretch of the imagination he's been the worst owner that's ever ever took over a football club. And I think in five, six years' time, maybe ten years' time, we're, we're not going to remember the Mike Ashley era of Newcastle. It's not, it's not going to be something that's spoke about, isn't it? It's made out as big drama now, but I don't think actually in reality it's like you're not going to look back at it and go that was a really like no bad forgettable time. actually is probably the ultimate assessment of it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's really just going to be ten years of Newcastle's history where nothing really happened, but that's going to merge into the other ten years of history that's never nothing's really happened anyway. So yeah, I just think it, it's it it's not been the best, but I don't think by any stretch of the imagination he's, he deserves all the stick he gets. Yes, he deserves some, but. I don't think he's been truly horrendous. How long into the uh, lockdown do you reckon will be until you invest in uh, Newcastle Brown Ale, Cheesy? Oh, not long. I mean, I've got I've got <laughs> it on my list underneath oil. Do you reckon? I mean, that would be a big win for the new owners if they got sponsored by Nuki Brown again. I mean, I can't see it again. <laughs> I don't think Newcastle Brown Ale have got the I've got the I've got the funds probably to be able to do it. Yeah, but they don't need it, Newcastle now, do they? They don't need the yeah, funds. They can do it for free. Just get Nuki Brown that, and get like the old... Do you remember when Newcastle had that strip where they, uh, the number went in the shield on the back? Do you, do you remember that or not? No. I remember the NTL you know, shield. That's about it. Oh, they, they had a shield they had a shield on the back and I was at the time, but I, I think that was, that was a golden age for Newcastle in the Premier League. When like uh, Nobby Solano was playing. Tamori Kitzbaya. Oh, all the greats. Fastino Aspria. Who was the uh, the the French left winger? Robert? Oh, he was good. Warren Robert. Who, uh, when he, he again, like that... About three times a season, he just pinged one in from like 50 yards out. Yeah, he smashed it that hard and he hit uh, Olivier Bernard against the face and knocked him out, didn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Match, remember? Olivier Bernard, I think, still lives in Newcastle. I'm sure I read an article about him the other day. Is he just on a stag do every weekend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Incidentally, before we end this section, there's a, a little bit more consumer advice. There's a lovely, I watched a lovely documentary on ITV the other day about Admiral, um, about football shirt sponsorship and Admiral in Leicester and how they invented, um, how they basically invented replica shirts. You can probably get it on whatever the ITV version of the iPlayer is. Very is good. it? Oh, that sounds like a good watch. Oh, yeah, it's, an, it's a lovely little documentary, but it's about an hour long. Nice. The Michael Jordan documentary is out. The Chicago Bulls documentary is out today. Yeah, it's yeah, on so Netflix. I think I'm going to watch that this week. Uh, 
I mean, I've, I'm currently watching Too Hot to Handle on Netflix. <laughs> Which, if anyone doesn't know, is Love Island without sex. It's like a marriage Yeah, essentially. Like, so basically, they've got a load of attractive uh, 20-year-olds from around the world who sleep with someone new daily, at least weekly, uh, to go into this like villa, Love Island style, and then there's a prize at the end of it of a hundred for the couple. Or... But they only catch it. No, no, no. They've just gone in singles. Like, no, but they're all. Is, but is, the, is the prize uh, for like a hundred thousand pounds a couple, or they, is it just? They've. I mean, they've not got to that part in the, in the actual program yet. They've, they've just said there's a prize, but I don't know how you win it. I think it's just at the end it might get. I sound very interested. Like, really not. But the. Yeah, yeah, but the but then, so you can win a hundred grand. But if you have any, like, if any kind of sexual activity goes on, you lose money. So if you kiss anyone, that's three thousand pound gone from your prize fund. So it's very very good watching a load of horny twenty year olds just kind of have to hide their own. Erections and <laughs> go and take cold Is showers it? every half an hour. Three grand for a kiss, eh? So we're going to start with uh, the World Cup of uh, the World Cup of crisps. Now, um, I carefully picked uh, sixteen different types of crisps with uh, my wife before, as uh, my wife was taking part in this as well. Now. Um, We've tried to pick different types of crisps, not different flavors of crisps. Although there oh. is a little bit of, so it's not it's not sixteen different flavors. There's actually like there's sixteen different types of crisps. Does that make sense? So, yeah, no, so I, I, think not, I think so. Done. Yeah. What, I think you've got to give crisps its best flavor. So we're not just working with flavors; we're working with textures. <laughs> textures and flavors. Yeah. So well, but it could it could take all night. Then I mean, if we'd give it's it six a minutes. It's but... multifaceted. Yeah, you know, we're not pissing about here, Ross. This is highbrow. I mean, I feel like now, we, now we're moving into like two things to judge on. We've become like the MasterChef judges. So obviously, you having less hair. Well, we've both got less hair now, Simon. So do you want to be Greg Wallace or John Road? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, the, the thing that concerns me is, and you know, we covered this on last week's podcast, but cheesy's family is a, a very it's a family of fussy eaters i don't really know why we've just trusted you to come up with the 16 crisps oh no 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 <laughs> so, so you're saying i don't know about saying... you my favorite crisp mint pie flavored <laughs> oh, well well i was worried because uh I, I i mean cheese and onion that classic might might not exist in this world yeah. cup it wouldn't surprise me. So we're at the whim of, of, of what you have to work with. Well, now, now oh. you've just said that. Mince pie got knocked out in the preliminary rounds. Oh. <laughs> Beaten by uh. lamb, did it, on a way going. <laughs> I've gone for... I went, I went, I went for it. Cheese, cheese and onions doesn't even make the list. What? Are you joking? <laughs> no. Oh, I mean, I can, I can I can substitute it in. I can see the Minister Stewart's inquiry on this. <laughs> I mean, but can I mean, we just say that this 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 World Cup's going to last a few weeks, isn't it? It is going to last a few weeks. Yeah. So we'll do. I've got I've got sixteen in front of me. So we'll do the first eight today. We'll do the first or the second eight next week, 
and then the week after that we will kind of boil it down to a to a to a final and we'll pick it we'll pick an overall winner. I'll just have to make sure I don't chuck this piece of paper away. Wherever, so, wherever you're listening to this, comment under the line with uh, with your favourite Chris. That's what we're saying. Absolutely. So what we're saying is you you've got the list. There has been it's gonna be basic first reactions from me and Simon, isn't it? Pretty much we, so, yeah. We, right. we have, we have, me and Simon haven't heard this list. We don't know the flavours. We don't know the... I should, I should mention at this point, I've not eaten crisps all year. What? I gave them up. You gave them I up? Mean, so I, I'm not very good at eating one packet of crisps. I'm the sort of... I, if I've won, oh, I, just, I just go through yeah. a multi-pack. Um, so I was like, oh, I need to really cut down on my crisps. And then... I just I, so I told myself I won't eat Chris until nine PM. That was my policy. And then whenever you get past nine PM, you're a bit like, oh, there's no point eating a bag of Chris now. So now, so now we're we're in mid-April and I've not eaten crisps all year. So I don't want to end my run now. So I'm I'm sort of com- I'm really going to try and go for the whole year. Simon, I've got a question though. Do you remember what? Do you remember what Chris Chris tastes like? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Hopefully, it'll all come back. <laughs> right, as, as, long you, as long as you have some kind of like nostalgia around some of yeah, these crisps. Yeah, well, yeah, I've gone T total. Wait till he's gone. Asking that question who, again. Who goes? Who goes? It's nine o'clock. There's no point in eating a bag of crisps now. When when is nine o'clock the cutoff point? Well, it's just something I'd tell myself during the day. I'd be like, oh, I won't have any. I'll, I'll wait until nine o'clock and then have some crisps. If, I, if, I, if anyone offered me crisps, is there a situation where I was thinking about having some crisps and say, no, wait till <laughs> nine o'clock. So if you, went, so if, you went, if you went to Tesco then and got a meal deal and you, you picked up your sandwich or your pasta pot or your sushi, whatever you're having, and then you went over to the crisps and you saw the small bags... Were you then going round to the actual crisp aisle to pick up like one of those big share bags that you could actually have with your meal deal because just a small <laughs> bag wasn't enough? I never, I never, but I never pick the crisps up in the meal deal. I always get the double chocolate. Well, I would always have something within the meal deal, so I'd never go round to the big crisps that aren't in the meal deal. I always respect the rules of a meal deal. I don't want, I don't want anyone thinking I'm, I'm not that kind of guy. But um, I, yeah, yeah. No, no, just have whatever crisps were available. Probably quavers. I mean, so double I cho- the, the, it's, du- it's double what, chocolate allowed, cheese. What do you mean it's double chocolate? Yeah, when you, if you like, if you go to Tesco, you can get like um, you like if you get a normal Mars bar, they're not in the they're not in the meal deal. But if you go and get a Mars Duo, they're in the meal deal. So if anything, quarantine for me has meant I've eaten more crisps in the last three weeks than I've eaten all year because I've <laughs> stopped buying meal deals and started buying crisps for my dinner. Well, dinner. All research for the show. Absolutely. I mean, it, 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 the, the, the flavour that the flavour that I've been eating, I, I've not even made the list, so I've been very impartial about the whole thing. Well, yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. I, I know that because I saw you at the same supermarket, cheesy. That we we shop at the same supermarket, and do, I know yeah. when, I, when I've gone and done my big shop in my isolation for my weekly shop, I've struggled for crisps. And the last time I went and I saw you, you've been before me. So I'm just gonna put I'm just gonna put two and two together and get five and say you're eating them all. You're the panic buyer. <laughs> it was the only thing left. Nobody was buying any crisps, so I thought I'll just that's the only thing I can buy. I need to panic buy. <laughs> 
Those three for three quid are useless on me. I need 15 for 15 pounds. <laughs> but no, I, 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 I had, yes, I bought Ashley um, some salt and vinegar, like um, crackers things the other day. And I was like, oh, I said to Ashley, I said, I'll have a few of these. And I ended up eating half the bag. So I'm very much on your side here with this, Simon. Yeah, it's very difficult. Thing, yeah, I've got no self-control. So, right, well, we'll, we'll get started because we said, anyway, so we'll get started. So now, how... If you want cheese and onion in here, Ross, you can have cheese and onion in here. But the very first crisp that I said was you've got to start with the the, the definition of a crisp, which is Walker's Ready Solid. So if you want to go, if you want to go Walker's Cheese and Onion, no, 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 no. no we'll, we'll go with your list. We'll go with what you decided. All right. Okay. Okay. So so the very de- so um, match number one is Walker's Ready Salted versus Steak McCoy's. This is what? McCoy's. McCoy's, yeah. Steak McCoy's. I mean, again, I I, I don't want, I think this will be a precursor for the rest of the quiz. I would say for both Walkers and McCoy's, it's not their strongest crisp. Um, You're looking cheese and onion, you're looking salt salt and vinegar on both. I'm going to go for, uh, I'm going to go for ready salted. Yeah, I, I I mean, you're saying it's not the strongest, but I think you you can't be a classic. like a ready salted crisp, a Walker's ready salted crisp. If you're in those times of need and you want a bit of comfort, you you know what to expect. You reach for a bag of ready salted Walker's crisp, you know exactly what you're going to get, and yeah. that's why it has so to go through. It's a classic. And if you go to a, um, a kids' play area and you order a sandwich, you're likely to get a bag of uh, Walker's ready salted crisp with your uh, with your sandwich. Well, they might go for like as the smart price. Well, yeah. Bump up the profit, a bit like Mike Ashley, but my uh, my palate's not good. At, my, my palate's not good to the taste and texture, unfortunately. So, what are we going with? Walkers ready salted. We're going yeah. Walkers ready salted. Yeah. Walkers ready salted. It is. Right, match I number mean, two. You've got to keep what? this piece of, piece of paper safe for the next three weeks. <laughs> I realise I'm just going to take lots of pictures of it. Um, so the next. <laughs> Uh, and not get Ashley's uh, results confused as well. So the next matchup sees Watsits against Salt and Vinegar Discos. Well, for me, this is easy because I dislike Watsits. I've never really got them. I think not very nice. Love a disco. Disco, one of the most underrated crisps for me. Salt and Vinegar Disco, bang in there. Now, I have to say that from a, a nostalgia point of view, when and we used to have a caravan in North Wales and we used to go... Uh, about two or three times a year and then we used to go and like go to the entertainment in the evening and used to be like a tuck shop our mum and dad would let us go to the tuck shop on our own to buy some crisps and the crisps that we always used to buy when we were there were salt and vinegar discos so for that reason they have to go through oh a triumph yeah salt and vinegar salt and vinegar flavour the salt and vinegar disco isn't it it's like the most extreme of the salt and vinegars I would say I just think it's the texture of the disco. Closest thing you get to a Pringle. Yeah, it's kind of like, but yeah, it's perhaps Pringle less, isn't it? Up a salt and vinegar disco. It's like a real cleanser, that. But I used to be really disappointed when I, when I used to eat my salt and vinegar discos, and you ran out of like actual full circle discos, and you had to have the broken bits. Yeah. Or if you opened the packet up and they were a bit broken, you never really got a full one. Yeah, you you always wanted the full circle. A round crisp looks quite aesthetically pleasing, isn't it? 
Next, we are gone on to, uh, we've got Pickled Onion Monster Munch. Yeah. Versus Red, versus Ready Summer Hula Hoops. Monster Munch oh. all the way for me. What have you gone for? Monster Munch. Oh. I see. I mean, hmm. They're both quite entertaining to eat, aren't they? Because you can eat them in different ways. You can bite the little fingers off the Monster Munch. You can stick the hula hoops on your fingers and nibble them off that way. They've both got the positives, haven't they? But, uh, I mean, there is something there is something about a Monster Munch, though, isn't there? The real, it's a real munch, meal, a Monster Munch, isn't it? A bag of Monster Munch, you're done. That's your tea. You're happy with a gra- that. A grab bag. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good team, Monster Munch. Look, if if they, if they were beef flavored hula hoops, we might be having a conversation. But for me, it's Monster Munch all the way. Yeah, I mean, I would. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll go Monster Munch. Monster Munch it is. Uh... Okay, and then the last um, the last match of uh, of this round, um, very nostalgic. It's uh, nice and spicy knickknacks against salt and vinegar chipsticks. Ooh. Ooh. Now I'm so I have another memory. <laughs> Real trip down memory lane, isn't it? It is. So one of my I, I remember I used to play uh, the cello. <laughs> little known fact for people. And I was part of an orchestra. I was, I was, so I, every Friday night, when I was about 12, 11, no, 10, 11, 12, I used to go uh, and play like orchestra practice. And then, so we'd have, we'd go and we'd set up, we'd do a bit of orchestra. Then you'd, then you'd have a break and there'd be a tuck shop open. So I'd go down to this tuck shop. And during, when I was at this orchestra, I had one of my first girlfriends when I was there. Uh, called Maria and when I used to go down to this talk shop that's when we'd really like sit and ignore each other for, for proper and not talk to each other because we're too scared of each other but then they'd always have a packet of nice and spicy knickknacks so <laughs> nice and spicy knickknacks just for the memory well I mean I can't I can't complain against that where's Maria now Oh God knows. We, I mean, we we didn't really speak when we were going out. It was more kind of one of those forced, forced relationships hey, Maria, that you Maria, have. With. If you're listening, if you're listening, comment. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Well, I mean, I, I I probably would have chosen the um, the the salt and sticks, but I, I cannot complain with romance. So I'm, yeah, I'm well, it, it was also the, the the first time I'd tried a knickknack as well. So. They just, they just, I mean, I didn't realise that this was like going to be, this is your life, Cheesy. You should have said that. <laughs> I, would have, I would have got more emotionally stable before we started. Yeah, you wouldn't have started I mean, drinking before, the... would you? have <laughs> <laughs> run out of tissues now. You've got three weeks of this. I'm, 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 worried about what the, I'm worried about what the other half of the draw is going to conjure up. <laughs> I mean, I also didn't realise how many of my memories were linked to flavours of crisps, to be honest. <laughs> uh, well, there we go. That's the first half of the draw. So what, so what, we, what, what are the winners? What's gone through to the next? So we've does got... This, does the, do, these, do these winners play each other? Well, 
Um, I well, I, I've set it out that way, but actually, I think what I'll do is well, I'll, I'll. It should be a free draw out of the FA Cup. We'll get Frank Sinclair in to do it. Yeah. yeah. Ian Dowie and Frank Sinclair will do the draw. So there after ne- after ne- after next week when we've done this when we've done the next round I'll, I'll redraw everything out again so that it's not or I'll or I'll lock my opposite yeah, side right, so it doesn't play well. yeah so they're in the hat they're in the hat we're in the hat so we've got so go through to the next round we've got Walkers uh, ready salted uh, with a, a I think a, a clear victory over over State McCoys uh, we've got a, a, a trouncing from Salton and Discos over over the Watsits. Um, and then we've got Pickled Onion, Monster Munch in match three, and then Nice and Spicy Knickknacks in match number four. Long way home for the What's It fans, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just hope they've got some train beers to keep them happy. That's the... <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of people that are trying to force sport upon themselves, have you been following the darts? I made a point yeah. that I actually wanted to watch it, but I've not, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I've not watched any of it. I followed it loosely <laughs> on social media. So, in darts, um, the, I think it's like the top 128 players, they've been split up into groups of four and they're playing from home. They've set up a webcam against a dartboard they've got at home and they're, they're playing against someone. They take it in turns and they have to just declare what they score. And... Um, Gary Anderson, I think, was the first casualty, wasn't it? Because it turned out his Wi-Fi wasn't very strong. I mean, that is the best sporting story. <laughs> that's, a, that's a quiz question in about 20 years' time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I mean you, he, might, he might be listening. He might suddenly change to uh, the post office. Internet <laughs> I, could have him. I could have helped him, yeah. We him. <laughs> I would have got him through but I mean, I, I genuinely think it's quite a good idea from darts to sort of jump into this chasm of you know complete lack of live sport, and yeah, I think they've got a lot of coverage for it. I mean, we wouldn't normally be talking about darts. Yeah, I feel like they've, they've had a lot of exposure, not exclusively from us, but like a, a lot of mainstream media outlets have been sort of covering it. But it is weird to watch. Have either of you watched any of it? So I've I've seen. Uh, I didn't watch it live, but I've seen clips and snippets on the internet. Yeah, that's what, I mean, um, that's what I've seen on social media. I mean, it's it kind of like, yeah. It's like, I mean, it's, like watching, the, it's like watching the BDO, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, that's the one thing that you would associate with the darts. That it's just a load of rowdy people in a big, massive hall that just provide. They, they just get excited about anything. And watching it when, and I mean, we've not even mentioned that. Uh, what's What's his name? Did the nine data? Woodhouse, yeah, yeah. So he, so he did the nine data from his his kitchen, didn't he? I mean, normally if that would happen, there would be huge build up and huge noise coming from the auditorium, wouldn't it? But to hit a nine data and then silence, it's just <laughs> it's, it's just really alien, isn't it? It just doesn't feel. The thing was, I think if I'd have done that in my kitchen, I'd have been out the door, round the garden, I might have even run down the street. I'd be tops off, yeah. He's <laughs> swinging me top. Just top, top though. <laughs> and I mean, not just the nine data. He beat Gerwin Price five nil. <laughs> yeah, well. I mean, do you reckon any of them just cheat a little bit? Just like, well, that's the thing. So it all depends on them just declaring the right score because none of them seem to have a good enough webcam that you can really see what they've done. 
I thought you'd have said no, none of them have got 128 uh, adjudicators stood next to the ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, within two metres, yeah. So it's sort of, um, yeah. But I mean, fair and play to them. I'll be honest, lads, it's hard enough to do a podcast when you're not all in the same room. <laughs> Let everyone run a top level sporting competition. Well, is this gonna be? Is this gonna be a, like? A, is this gonna be a thing of the future? For a, like you no, I, 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 I think I think this has really shown just how important fans and the sort of razzmatazz is to darts, and actually, I think sport in general. I think it's it really. I I thought it was rubbish to watch. I, I watched the. I've only watched the highlights, and I didn't think it was very good. I think you really I need the fans there. I mean, you've got like I I like watching live sport, but I like let's like you say. I think the more you watch it, the more you realise how much you appreciate just the crowd noise. Uh, is it is it like our review of Have I Got News for You last week, where it's where you can watch it, but you can't watch it all? Yeah, but you you <laughs> you, you two are very harsh on Have I Got News for You. I watched this week's episode. I I. I'm quite getting into the no, new format. I, I, I see, I've not even, it. I've not even, I've not even watched this. I've not even tried to watch this week. So I just, I thought about it the other day. I thought, oh, it's t- I can't. Normally, I just, I, I normally watch it as I'm doing the washing up, but I can't, I can't be concentrated. I just need to, when I'm washing up, I just need something to be on. I can't be concentrated. Yeah, well, I, the thing is, so I watched the first one, didn't like it. I've written it off. So I, if they've got better at it, then I must admit I can't report back on whether or not. So maybe it's good now, but that first one was rubbish. So I thought. Well, on your show, some more consumer advice, Ross. I'll, I'll give I'll give the third one a go this week at some point. Then. I think it's I think it's I think it's getting better. I think I think the cut the editing's a bit better. There's not as many there's not as many pauses. But yeah, I think with the, with the darts as 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 good as it is to have some live sport out there, and I never really watched the darts live anyways, unless it was the video, because that's what I was brought up with. I mean, the snippets I've seen, like I say, you you think, if you have a nine darter and it, it still doesn't seem that exciting, it can take the edge of it a little bit, doesn't it? Does it go down as a televised live dart, uh, nine darter? Well, I don't know if it's easier or harder. I mean, if you just stood there in silence with your own thoughts before round, or if you've got a, a baying crowd. Yeah, but how many... Do you reckon, so when they practice, they must practice in the... Like, they must practice... Presumably, they're pra- like, pr- playing in the same place they practice at home. I yeah. mean, that's the beauty of darts, isn't it? Everywhere's depends training. Where, depends where you get area. your Wi-Fi working. So, I speak to myself and say yes, yeah. But how many nine darters do you reckon they hit? Oh, all the time. I reckon snooker players are hitting one four sevens and darts players are hitting nine darters at home all the time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So in some ways, it's it might you might see the emergence of like a real like someone from like who's ranked one hundred in the world who just can't deal with the crowd. Yeah, actually, with well, the tournament. It's a legend in his own back. His own a lot of that is top yeah. level sport, though, isn't it? It's no different than taking a penalty in your back garden and getting 100 out of 100 than walking yeah. up and doing taking one in a World Cup final. It's, it's how you deal with it. Oh, I don't know. I, I still get nervous. Way. I still get nervous <laughs> when I see a, a net with a two for it. The thing is, Teddy is good in goal, isn't he? So. 
Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouse podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M-A-N-C-T-H-R-E-E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week. Thank you.